Hi everyone, welcome to Social Dialogues with Mrs. K, the podcast, where we will be talking about social issues affecting us from COVID-19 to gender-based violence to poverty, education, unemployment, grief, loss, careers, mental health, you name it. This is a safe space for us to connect, heal and discuss issues affecting us and our communities. The purpose of the show is to raise awareness and help those affected seek help and start the process and journey of healing our communities through conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to Social Dialogues with Mrs. K. My name is Nama Karanteng and I am your host. This time last year, our lives changed forever. COVID-19 came and it has increased levels of stress and anxiety for many South Africans and other people around the world. And most don't have financial means and access to mental health services. Adults are now experiencing high levels of emotional and psychological stress than they were before the pandemic. And the reality is we are likely to see much higher rates of mental illness among South Africans post the pandemic. This is a very huge issue for me. And that is why on today's episode, we are going to talk about mental health, looking at depression and anxiety. I am so relieved that I don't get to talk about this topic on my own. I have a very special guest who's joining me today. And her name is Dr. Teresha Moodley. And before I have the conversation with her, I'm just going to quickly tell you about this incredible woman, who she is, and what she's currently doing. So Dr. Moodley started her practice um, in clinical psychology over 18 years ago and works with a diverse population of clients in individual, couple, family, and group settings. She is known for her direct and driven approach to therapy. She's an expert in professional counseling, inner healing and growth, stress-related issues, and various forms of abuse and disempowerment. Dr. Moodley's heart Um, centered approach and compassionate approach helps her identify root causes to problems in order to heal and positively transform lives. Dr. Moodley completed her Master of Science in Clinical Psychology in 2003. She was also awarded her doctorate in Clinical Psychology in 2011. She has worked extensively in the domain of the empowerment from abuse and trauma. She has contributed to various community programs, spoken at forums, and has also facilitated workshops in the area of domestic violence, abuse, and trauma. Her repertoire extends to treating mood as well as personality disorder within her private practice. I am so honored to have this incredible woman here with me today. Doc, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Noma, for having me. It's, uh, you know, as you were describing a bit earlier, such a beautiful platform, I would say, because you know, not a lot of people have access to mental health services or think that they can't access mental health services, although they they can. So I'd like to talk about that a bit as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, during COVID, it's been, I suppose, more on the front line in terms of um, 
just how introspection, how we're feeling, um, how we're impacting on those around us. You know, we didn't have the chance to distract ourselves by leaving our homes, you know, initially in level five, mm -hmm. level four. Mm -hmm. And so we had to actually confront um, a lot of the things I think that we run away from in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there's been a lot of growth and introspection, uh, I think universally, like in the world, mm -hmm. which was very hard for people, is very hard for people. But I, I believe we we are a lot more in touch with ourselves now than we've ever been. So, yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And the reality is we are now living in these uncertain times and I don't think that is going to change anytime soon and I think it's so important that we understand ourselves um, very well um, in order for us to be able to cope with what is happening in society so doc let's get into it what is anxiety and depression and I know a lot of people are going to think but I can google this mm. I want to know from a clinical point of view a professional point of view what is anxiety and depression yes i would encourage people to google because it's not that complicated and it's actually things that we all feel at a certain point in our lives i believe that everyone has experienced points of mild moderate severe depression even mild moderate severe anxiety we call it generalized anxiety mm -hmm. i think that the terms are quite I suppose, big or sound intense. Mm -hmm. But if I break it down in terms of symptomology, and that is why when you talked about Googling, yes, you know, find out about it, research about it, just, you know, put it in what's depression, what's anxiety, because then you can relate to certain symptoms you might have. Mm -hmm. You don't have to present with all of them. But even if you have some of them, it gives you a good indication of what you're struggling with and then what you need to do about it or what you can do about it so depression and anxiety are mood disorders in that in, in that range in that category and basically what it means is and they overlap in symptoms so depression in a nutshell is very very low feelings that we feel at times it doesn't have to be all the time in the day it could be at certain times in the day that we feel really low or, or realize that we're feeling that way we generally tend to start distancing from the things around us losing interest in the things that generally used to feel, you know we would connect with feel good about um, and so it's subtle changes as well that happen over time um, you know, we can have um, helpless feelings, hopeless feelings, sad feelings, despondent, apathy. So that's part of depression. Um, some of the cognitive difficulties that we go through would be attention deficit. So I'm not able to attend to something effectively. And all that means is if you're watching something on TV and you want to pay attention to a certain part and you find yourself rewinding it um, and say, okay, I'm going to pay attention now. And then you don't pay attention and then you rewind it again. So sure. you read a book or you're reading an article or you're reading something and you read it automatically. You don't figure out what is actually being written and then you have to go back to it again. So those are subtleties of understanding that what is preoccupying me that I'm not able to attend to what I'm doing effectively. So it's okay if we have that now and then, but if we forgetful of our keys, um, important things, meetings, missing deadlines, then we can really see how it's impacting us. So it's cognitive decline in terms of attention, concentration, short-term memory uh, that we, we look at as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then the when it becomes more severe, it affects our relationships or the way in which we interact with the world. Mm-hmm. So we become more agitated, irritable, short-tempered. So that's when we really are saturated emotionally and we really can't, our tolerance in terms of dealing with the people in our lives or the situations become more intolerable. Anxiety very much so overlaps with depression. Mm-hmm. I think when people think about anxiety, they're like, I don't have anxiety. I don't feel nervous all the time. Mm. No, it's not about nervousness or anxiousness necessarily. Mm. Anxiety is about not feeling in control. Mm. In control is not um, a superhero, I'm in control feeling, Mm. powerful feeling. Mm. It is an okay feeling. Mm. I'm feeling um, content. I'm feeling okay. I'm not feeling pressurized. The more not in control I am, so the more not okay I am, whether I'm feeling upset about something, worried about something, uncertain about something, fearful of something, that is how not in control I am. And that is when the anxiety spikes. So anxiety symptoms, it maybe starts with an edgy feeling inside. And it can sometimes build in a day to um, feeling really nervous, really worried, and then going back to just um, an unsettled feeling. And then you have symptoms of, um, I suppose, you can have physiological symptoms of tummy issues where you have an upset tummy, spasms, you can have diarrhea, constipation. So that kind of manifests in that way, tightness in the chest. Mm-hmm. Um, that could manifest if it gets more severe as shortness of breath. You could feel dizzy at times. You could have head fog. So um, again, attention, concentration issues and all of that. So head fog basically mm-hmm. is when you are you can you you you're dealing with aspects of your life you're having a conversation but you're not fully present you almost feel displaced from yourself so that's where the head fogginess or displacement comes from with anxiety um we are when we perfectionists or type a personalities you generally are kind of driven by anxiety because you want things to be perfect you want it to run on track be mm-hmm. organized mm-hmm. but that also is if i'm not organized or it's not running on track i'm scared of what's going to happen and so that's actually anxiety wow doc that sounds like me i think i think that sounds like me i mean you know as you're speaking i'm like but i'm always feeling like this and you know you we, we always have these feelings and emotions where we're feeling fearful or sad or lonely or or sometimes we don't want we can't sleep but i think i think with covid um and 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 what covid has done is that it's heightened all of these emotions that we feel now dog i i mean i've never been diagnosed as someone who's got anxiety or depression and you're speaking of having these kind of emotions over time what what is the time frame of you actually saying okay now this thing has been going on for too long i think i need help how can i then um know that i've been feeling these emotions for for quite some time now i could have a problem how do i identify it and then how do i then say i need to go and get help if we're questioning it we have a problem so if it's in my awareness and my consciousness that um you know, I'm not sleeping so well. It's been a while now. I'm, uh, my appetite, I have lost in appetite or I find I'm binge eating. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's happened now for a while. That's when we know we should get help. Mm-hmm. Getting help, like I spoke about a bit earlier, 
yes, I understand this private therapy, but we don't realize that we have access to government facilities as well. That's just as comprehensive. Okay. Um, we have comprehensive clinical psychology units in most of the big hospitals mm -hmm. and actual clinics. So we actually just need to check. And, you know, we are also in, in those facilities and institutions, you have clinical psychologists, you also have psychiatrists that work in unison with each other. Mm -hmm. And when we're seeking assistance and help, what we have to also realize is the symptoms that I just mentioned in terms of depression anxiety they are physiological they affect us physiologically in our bodies as well as emotionally mm -hmm. and psychologically mm -hmm. so you have to balance the two if there is a need for medication medication doesn't dull you it, it doesn't change you it's actually supposed to lift you so if our serotonin production is lower in terms of um, experiencing depression or anxiety all the medication is going to do is help to bring back that balance just like if we have lower vitamin c or vitamin d that's all it does um, and I think people have a huge misconception in terms of medication. Um, yes, we can over-medicate and we can be on a lot of things or things that are not suited for us. But um, obviously with the right kind of assistance, we can get onto the right medication if need be for a short amount of time or long-term depending. And we just become more ourselves, more balanced with therapy in terms of coping mechanisms, healing through certain things. Mm -hmm. With covid it made us introspect. It had We had to sit with ourselves. We didn't have anywhere to go, anything to do, really. Mm -hmm. And so the things that we put up for a long time, whether it's issues from childhood, it doesn't have to be trauma. Mm -hmm. It could just be certain parental styles or certain, um, I don't know, insecurities that we've had mm -hmm. that come up that we need to be able to just heal the parts we weren't able to heal mm -hmm. and be better, be lighter and move forward. There's, there's, there's no harm in that. There's actual lightness in that mm -hmm. and empowerment. Mm -hmm. So I think the way we think about when we say I don't have a problem, that's more defensiveness mm -hmm. rather than actually introspecting and saying it's okay if I feel this way. A lot of people feel this way. They might not talk about it. That is why you don't know. But yes. if you actually had to open up yourself and say I'm feeling like this, you'll find a lot of other people around you also saying you know I'm what, I feel like this way. too. Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of actually seeking treatment and help and getting a holistic um, uh, view of helping yourself, you know, physiologically, psychologically, emotionally, that's important. I think what is important is for you to acknowledge yes. that I do have a problem and I do need help. Yes. And I, when you spoke about the medication, I always have this conversation with a friend of mine um, when it comes to stress and medicating, um, getting sleep tablets um, to manage stress. Are there side effects when it comes to, to taking medication, um, especially when you're taking medication for long term? Generally, with, um, with antidepressants, and I do not like to use that term because it has a negative connotation most often, but with an SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, that generally is basically in a very very simplistic way bringing up your serotonin production in your body your serotonin is is taken up by your body and used throughout your by your nervous system and used throughout your body to regulate your sleep your mood your appetite your cognition everything so when we have lower serotonin production and 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 other other hormones as well to be honest mm -hmm. um what happens is is that we tend to get an imbalance and that's when we experience the, these irre irregularities inside with um with good treatment 
it doesn't really have a long-term side effect. When you are treating specifics of a disorder, mm -hmm. like the sleep, like I'm not able to sleep properly, yes. and then taking sleeping tablets and muscle relaxants, those are the things that we can get dependent on. Mm -hmm. um, not not antidepressants. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I was talking about vitamin C. Mm -hmm. If I'm taking it and I take too much, it gets flushed out of my system. If I'm taking an antidepressant and you know I really don't need it after a while or whatever it might be, then it doesn't have that effect. But with sleeping tablets and and all of the other stuff, then you know that's where your body becomes more dependent and you know on on, on those. So I don't you know I've always. Um, where needed, recommended it for my clients, even adolescents, and just talking about children as well. You know, as we're talking about as adults dealing with, you know, workplace, um, I suppose, changes and how we work and how we live and, you know, working from home and not being able, like restricted movement. Mm -hmm. You know, kids also feel the effects of it as well. Yeah. Get into that just now. <laughs> okay. I promise you, and we'll have, we'll have the conversation right. around with the kids. So, Let's, let's get into stress quickly. So a lot of us are working from home and are not used to working from home. And that could be quite stressful because you have the kids, um, you know, um, running around in the background and you still have to wear your hat, whether you're a wife or a partner. There's still other things that you have to do, but also you, you have work. So how do I cope with managing my stress levels um and 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 i avoid getting into a mental breakdown or you know a depression or anxiety how do i manage stress um during these times i mean for me personally i've i've decided i'm not going to listen to any you know covid related news because every time i listen to it i get I get heavy and I, I, I worry, you know. Um, I've also decided I'm going to go to gym more um, and try and regain my sanity because, um, you know, I'm a new mom and there's so many other things that are happening. So that's how I try and stay away from stress, um, if you want to put it that way. How can one, um, what can one do at home to cope and manage and avoid stress during this time? It's unique for every person because we all have unique lives and family dynamics as well. But I would say, you know, first of all, boundaries are very important. So just as I feel how I feel and acknowledging, as you said previously, how how I need to honor how I feel. I can't we can't tell ourselves to not feel something. I can just acknowledge what I'm feeling and then figure out what am I going to do about it and allow it to release. So once you honor a feeling, it's like if you have a wound on your body, um, if you ignore it, it's going to get worse and fester. Maybe yes. if you like, oh you know, I have a wound, you find out where it is, okay, it's on my leg, I can clean it, heal it, uh, treat it, and then it starts getting better. Same with emotions. If I'm going to dismiss it and act like it's not so big or not not there, it's going to get bigger and fester. Mm -hmm. If I acknowledge, you know, what, I'm really feeling hectic about this, I'm really feeling overwhelmed, or it's really bothering me, um, I can't do everything about it now, but or I'm going to deal with it in a year or I'll deal with it in six months, even if we just know that we have a plan, um, but we're just acknowledging how we feel, mm -hmm. most important. So when I acknowledge how I feel, I can also then be more empathic towards the people around me. Mm -hmm. So when they are acting up, even a little baby, like you said, you're a new mom. Mm -hmm. Babies would not cry if there wasn't anything wrong. Yes. Children will not throw tantrums if they weren't struggling with something. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as naughty. Mm -hmm. Adults, they, they might be pushing boundaries, you know, power struggles, and that's another issue, mm -hmm. you know, altogether, a topic altogether. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so with adults as well. 
we are not going to act up if we're not if we're feeling okay inside so when someone is acting up rather than be reactive to them step back and ask yourself okay you you need to be the calmer one yes they might be saying things or doing things to get at you so you can either breathe so the breathing exercise that i find is very helpful and effective for myself and i suppose my clients over time just simply um it's it's not a quick fix for everything but in the moment if i just need to take a step back or or redirect myself in in some way it's a deep breath in through your nose for a count in your mind you count to 4 mm-hmm. you hold for 7 and then you gently out through your mouth breathe out through 8 for for 8 mm-hmm. and and you can do that about 3 times so 3 rounds of it mm-hmm. but it sounds simple but it actually has a huge impact in terms of how we feel even if you just take a deep breath in and out you just feel better you do from eastern philosophy breathing is 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 called prana which actually means life force we automatically breathe every day we don't consciously breathe and when you consciously breathe you actually feel better you bringing in your life force into your body positive energy so divine energy if you want to call it that so breathing i would say as um as a tool for for some to use or you know everyone who who can try it can use it at any point you don't need anything you don't need your phone to listen to something you can just stop in for four hold for seven out for eight and close your eyes if you can um if if someone is antagonizing you in the moment walk away from it and you know you can breathe breathe while you're walking away and then just do a bit of breathing you know where you are and then you can reverse the situation from a higher level mm-hmm. and at that point then you can rather focus on why you are feeling this way rather than what you're saying to me why are you so irritable or what's you know why are you feeling upset or you know why are you feeling frustrated mm-hmm. rather because when you talk to that in a person even with a child when you're talking to you know why are you feeling this way it seems like you this way what's going on sometimes my kids say uh if i say why are you so angry they're like i'm not angry my my son was 3 at the time or 3 and a half he's like i'm not angry i'm feeling upset and i was like well i i taught you well so he was able to articulate to me how he felt i would have handled it differently if he was angry uh but if he was able to say to me i'm upset that I was able then to give him the comfort and and help you know that he needed at that point so being able to articulate but we have to bring it out from the person yes you are right avoiding things that you realize are stressful for you upsetting for you too much for you so when you know your limit is at a certain point before it gets there if i know watching the news upsets me um or, or there might be something that you know it has upset me in the past so i'm not going to watch it or cut blanche for that matter yeah. not that it's a it's a bad show but yeah. but i would avoid it then maybe read the, the write up what are they going to have on today and then you know watch it if i feel you know it's it's okay or appropriate yeah. but that's just nursing ourselves and protecting ourselves and and keeping ourselves in a bit of a cocoon where we just you know kind of need that space to just be and heal and 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 gather our energy and strength to revisit the world again so yes we need to identify based on how we feeling and being honest with that what is it that triggers me what is it that causes anxiety or, or upset feelings or low feelings and how do i avoid that or even people because what we've done also over time is we've actually with the social distancing we ha- didn't have to keep up certain relationships uh that maybe not bad uh but maybe it didn't give me any value or didn't give me as much value mm. as you know i thought it did mm. and when you away from certain 
people or situations, you realize, wait a minute, I don't really need that. This is what I really need and I really want to get back to, but that, you know what, that can fall away. That's okay. So we're not judging people yes. or places. Mm. All we are understanding is what is aligned with me and what is resonating with me with the growth that I've had so far. Doc, I think that is absolutely very important, very key. And I always say that try and make yourself inaccessible to people you must master the art of being inaccessible and only be available when you need to be um, just to protect your space yeah. and your energy, your boundaries. Yeah. You know, I think that's incredibly very important. Um, and as you were speaking and you're talking about um, how we, we are supposed to know the emotions, our emotions and be able to articulate that, but also be able to breathe Um would you suggest that someone who's having a, a mental breakdown do the same, especially somebody who's suicidal? Um, and, and, and the reason I bring this up is that there are so many people who don't know how to express how they are feeling and or they think the other person will not understand how I'm feeling. And then they build up these emotions inside and then they start thinking suicidal and some end up do taking their lives and others by the grace of God they get saved but how how do we help someone who's who's who, who has constant thoughts of being suicidal um you know avoid thinking that way and rather try something different um you know than thinking of taking their lives that obviously is a lot more serious so when I, I spoke previously about mild moderate severe depression that is severe and if it's built up to that point, I would say rather than try to just first of all manage it on your own when you're aware of I'm having these thoughts, when you first start having the thoughts, not even the plan or anything like that, you actually need to seek assistance. Mm -hmm. So like I said, there are private you know, um, practitioners. I would say the first point of contact would be your GP mm -hmm. and your GP can then refer you from there if you really don't know where to start. Okay. Um, and, and even if it is government hospitals as well or clinics, yes, you know, the GP at that point to say, but you have to state, they wouldn't know unless you tell them. Yes. I'm really, really feeling low. Even if you, you know, you don't know how to articulate depression. I'm feeling low. I'm having thoughts of suicide. They're not going to commit you into a hospital. Everyone has free will, but they are going to then direct you to the right people to be able to assist you with that. So I would rather strongly recommend in that respect that try not to manage that on your own mm -hmm. because all it's going to do is worsen that's now very serious so a person really needs to get help thanks doc and then let's talk about the kids because i don't know we don't have much time um let's quickly talk about the kids because i'm I, I don't know since becoming a mom i'm more passionate about children yeah. and taking you know making sure that they live healthy lives how do we help a child who's dealing with anxiety or, or depression? How do we help them deal with that? Fundamentally important. You know, you said now that you're a mom, you know, you're thinking more along those lines. Remember, healthy kids equals healthy adults. Mm -hmm. So we need to think about that. We don't just fix problems when, we, when we're adults. Mm -hmm. And generally, it starts from our coping mechanisms as kids for what we go through, stressful times, how we deal with it, how we process it, how we acknowledge it. That's most important. As a mom, I would say that it's very important to, about from a psychological point of view, and then being a mom, I can implement with my kids. Um, when they are feeling a certain way, I might not necessarily feel that way towards what they are feeling, um, towards a certain event, situation, 
uh, food group, whatever it might be. But it's important to be able to hear them out. So yes, sometimes they'd be throwing their toys and acting out. I don't want to eat this, or I'm really feeling upset about that. And you're like, oh, it's just a TV program. You know, it'll come on to TV again sometime. Or, you know, we, we, we tend to brush things off that and minimize things. But for that child, if we are going, if I'm going through something, if, if something I really love is, is taken away from me for some reason, for instance, as an example, I'm going to feel hurt. I'm going to be upset. And I want to tell my partner about it or my friend. And I want them to empathize with me. So when my child is telling me that something is really upsetting them or they're feeling sad or someone hurt their feelings at school, that's, for me, something important that I need to validate. So hear them out. Don't try and fix it initially. Hear them out. Let them speak about it. And then look at, okay, so what can we do about this? What would you like to do? And sometimes your options might be scary to them. Sometimes it might be helpful to them. You monitor it with them, but definitely that will help to prevent worse anxiety and then depression as well. I absolutely agree. And I, I, I think that that is one thing that I longed for when I was young, being heard and understood, especially with my emotions and my feelings. And it, it helps you throughout your, your adult years. And then lastly, Doc, um, before we wrap up, how do we encourage, um, you know, mental health talks and um, psychological well-being in our communities? Because when we talk in especially um you know in, in in black communities when somebody is having a mental illness or going through a mental illness you'll hear things like you know um people see it as some as, as if you're going crazy you're mentally crazy when you are genuinely mentally ill how can we encourage our communities um to 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 not have these kind of misconceptions when it comes to mental health. I think that if we all can acknowledge that we felt off balance, um, not in control, um, out of our depth, just to ourselves at least at some point in our lives, then we'll be, we'll, we will be more accepting of others. And when people talk about mental health, and, you know, I think the concept of well-being is more um, accepted and appreciated, I think, by people. Um, our well-being and, and just being able to feel healthy emotionally, mind level. Mm -hmm. So the way for people to be accepting of each other is to look within themselves and empathize. Empathy is about I, I feel what you're feeling or I feel similar to what you feel. And if people can just be honest with themselves and they don't have to, you know, I suppose put put their stuff as such out there, mm -hmm. but just be more accepting of someone else. Even if I wouldn't feel that way up towards a certain situation um, and I'm maybe more able to deal with something like that, I've learned the lessons already, mm -hmm. maybe in that respect, mm -hmm. someone's still learning. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we think about also from a spiritual point of view, we're all here in the same boat on earth. Mm -hmm. So we're all imperfect mm -hmm. and we all are still in the process of sp spiritual enlightenment and progression. Mm -hmm. And so, we are all on different levels of learnings mm -hmm. and understanding. Mm -hmm. And if we can just understand that about each other, we'll be a lot more accepting and less persecutory, I would say. Oof, Doc, yeah. you are dropping gems. <laughs> I'm literally getting goosebumps as you're speaking because if there's anything COVID has taught us is that we need to be a bit more empathetic towards each other 
and more kinder towards each other, especially with how we feel and our emotions. So thank you so much, Doc. How do people reach you? Um, because you're not just here to to share your your wisdom. I'd like you know I'd like people to reach out to you um, should they need help. So how can they reach you, Doc? Contact the practice. So I, I can give you the practice number. It's zero one one. 8831031 uh, my website is www.drtmudley.co.za uh, suppose if you just google clinical psychologist dr thresha mudley the details will come up and you know i would encourage everybody to um i think everybody needs help <laughs> we all need help i wish i had a, a clinical psychologist with me you know as i was growing up just as maybe even a life coach to help me to understand my own emotions and process things. I believe things happen the way they do for re- for reasons and with all the resources that we reach out to. We need to reach out to the resources for it to be able to come through and and be impactful in our lives. Absolutely agree and I'm so thankful that I got to have this time with you. So I hope she'll 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 say yes to that. Thank you so much. And like Doc said, we we each need someone that we can talk to and and help us deal with the emotions um um that we all go through. And my encouragement to you is that if you don't have access to a therapist, please do visit your um your government clinical institutions. They will help you. And if you have any questions for the doctor, please do email her. And you can also email a seat at the table with Mrs. K at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media at um, Social Dialogues with Mrs. K. Until the next episode, please stay safe. God bless. I love you guys. Thank <laughs> you.